Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the Third Age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Born below the ever-cloud-capped peaks that gave the mountains their name, the wind blew east out across the sand hills, once the shore of a great ocean before the breaking of the world. Down it flailed into the two rivers, into the tangled forest called the Westwood, and beat at two men walking with a cart and horse down the rock-strewn track called the Quarry Road. For all that spring should have come a good month since, the wind carried an icy chill, as if it would rather bear the gargle. This is the gargle. Welcome, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world, all of the news, none of the politics. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Jaws Norris. Hello. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's not my writing. It's... Is it not? Who is that? <laughs> no. Usually I write them myself, but this was right. uh, <laughs> The Wheel of Time, beginning of The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Got it. It was really beautiful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it now. Yeah, you should have just said it I mean, your own. it's a commitment. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, should have. I was but like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, if I take credit for the ones that are my own, I should definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah, reject suppose, credit yeah. for the ones that aren't my own. <laughs> and Kai Samra, welcome. Hello. That was my own writing, <laughs> that introduction. <laughs> that was almost as beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Before we load up the mule-pulled wooden cart that is this week's top stories and set off on our epic adventure, let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is Taylor Swift doing a public smooch with Travis Kelsey and a thousand men who like sports getting very upset that girls are going to come and watch football now, but for the wrong reasons. 
Uh, you should come to sport to watch the melodrama of the human body and spirit pushed to its absolute limits, not the melodrama of two extremely rich and beautiful people falling in love. Wrong melodrama, teen girls. <laughs> and the satirical cartoon is the currently trending debate in American politics. This is a real currently trending debate of whether, <laughs> given the choice between two parties, one of 99% Hitler and one of 100% Hitler, you would have the moral <laughs> obligation to vote for 99% Hitler. Uh, that's a real debate that's happening right now. It manages to hit about three of my pet peeves, including quantifying Hitler, being imprecise with language, and mathematics, egregious <laughs> mathematics. Which party is um, 99% Hitler? Yeah. It depends on which party you support, I imagine. Right. right. Also, <laughs> okay. wasn't Hitler, didn't Hitler miss a ball? So isn't technically Hitler still 99% Hitler if he's still missing that small <laughs> part of himself? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> And now it's time for our top story. Top story this week is uh, an incredible experiment news. If you've ever imagined a rat, you might not be alone imagining a rat into a void. The rat might be imagining you too. As Philip K. Dick asked whether androids dream of electric sheep, one must ask whether rats could dream of rat sheep, presumably a sort of fuzzy cockroach situation. To imagine our way out of this story, Kai, you've followed a pied piper before. Can you unpack the science here? <laughs> so this is the story of how rats have been found to use their imagination similar to humans, uh, according to this new study. Um, apparently this means their thoughts aren't always fixed on what's immediately in front of them, but their thoughts can also travel in space and time, which is, I'm going to be honest, as someone who spent their entire childhood watching films like Ratatouille and cartoons like Pinky in the Brain, I kind of always assumed this was the case. Um, but my favourite part of the article is um, how the experiments happened, because apparently the researchers fitted this like custom brain machine to the rats and like mapped them through this virtual reality environment, which I just want to say is probably the best job in the world i would say if there was any <laughs> an option for me to do that just like going home at your girlfriend asking you what you've been up to today just like i'd rather not say um but it was kind of triggering because i had um i don't know about you guys i had i didn't have a pair of rats i had like uh, a couple of gerbils when i was younger oh, yeah. um called phil and lil after the Rugrats. and oh, uh, one of my most traumatic memories has been five years old um i picked one of them up by the tail which i don't think you're meant to do um, and the tail came off, blood went <gasps> all over me. Um, genuinely, oh like it's, it looked like a scene from Platoon or something. <laughs> oh. um, my mum heard the commotion, came up, and I was like desperately trying to scrub the gerbil blood off my five-year-old hands, like I was some like weird Lady Macbeth <laughs> person. Um, and it traumatised me. And then, good ending, like the the fill, the, the gerbil came back, but it never forgave me. And my mum always used to say, oh, I didn't... It won't remember. It's just a gerbil. Now, after this research, it probably yeah. did remember. Now you know. So it's pretty, pretty triggering, this article, I have to say. Did the tail grow back like a, like a lizard? Yeah, I think so. I can't did remember. It? It, did, it ran off. Wow. And then I swear it came back like a month later or something. Wow. Um, but yeah, properly traumatic With memory. a tail. <laughs> and responding to a different name. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a wanton rat I just picked up. But yeah. I mean, this opens dystopian landscapes that I've never before uh, turned my mind to. Imagine being a rat with no imagination. Imagine just being a boring <laughs> office rat. <laughs> Jaws? I'm with you on the thing of, like, I, I would have assumed this was the case anyway. Yeah. And I, I find it odd that, like, so many of these sort of scientific studies on animals take as their 
baseline assumption at the start that animals yeah. are thick as shit. And then exactly. at the end of the study, having spent like millions on putting like a little Oculus Rift on a rat <laughs> or whatever it is, like it was some kind of VR machine that they used to like help the rat imagine space. And then they took the machine away and they found that the rat could still imagine space or something. So and then the conclusion of that is like, oh, they're not thick as shit, but like we we should credit them with more intelligence than that anyway. Yeah, I mean they're sort of... sentient beings. It's like yeah, they, that's yeah. the baseline level of what you. Because the be thing they concluded do. was that like it's possible for a rat to think about the idea of going somewhere to get some water. Like that's that's a, a, <laughs> a thought that they managed to find in the rat's like brain map or whatever. But but if you if you think that doesn't happen, then you assume that rats just kind of wander around like amorphous blobs in an ambient space. And if they find some food or some water, they go, oh, that was great. I hope I find some more of that again one day. But they have no <laughs> ability to like plan or think. I just think it's quite rude. Well, it's also, it feels like it limits the science that can be done. You know, if you yeah. began with the assumption that rats had an imagination, you could end by, for example, if you're a Hollywood executive, uh, firing all your writers and employing only rats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> using a translation service called R Rat GPT to generate all of your studio yeah. ideas. <laughs> your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sausage Rolls. What if a sausage literally f***ed a croissant? I don't know, but try a sausage roll. Comes in meat, assorted meat, controversially vegan and fun-sized, though the fun seems to be contained in the concept that there's less sausage roll. Sausage Rolls, also what you call the position for the only straight guy in a gender studies class. <laughs> And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Kidney Stones. Unpleasant, painful, and more preventable than you think, you can get ahead of Kidney Stones by avoiding some foods and drinking half a glass of water more often than you used to before you had the salutary life experience of birthing a rock out of your wee hole. Kidney Stones. Don't get one today. Red mushrooms with white spots on them, a mystical forest glade, time that isn't the same on the inside as on the outside, animals that talk, a mythic quest to become the king you always knew you could be. This podcast brought to you by something that is either a children's classic or an evening of young adult psychopharmaceutical experimentation. You find out. And uh, this is not an ad. This is just uh, a little piece of experience that I had in the small coastal Queensland town that I have moved to in order to safely spawn. Um, I was walking past a crystal shop because that's what happens in small coastal Queensland town. Uh, and there were two ladies talking and one of them said, witchcraft is more of an art than a science. <laughs> and I had to seriously resist the urge to say it's a craft ladies it's a craft it's in the name <laughs> i actually went to an airbnb a uh, little holiday uh, place in glastonbury and we went past a witchcraft shop and it was basically had this sign which was like de deterring burglars because apparently people go into witchcraft shops and burgle places and we're like we don't call the police but we do witchcraft so get the hint <laughs> i was like this is the most nice. often, i know it's the most sinister sign i've ever seen in my entire life well, I'm obsessed with this crystal shop because the last time I passed it, before the witch ladies um, situation, there was a man saying that this crystal is 1,000 times stronger than the other crystal, um, <laughs> which raises the question of doing what? I don't know what you mean. Uh, and also, well, what are they, why do they even stock the 1,000th strength crystal in the first place? 
I got a a tarot deck for my birthday and I've been getting dangerously into it because initially it's just sort of fun and you go, oh, this is sort of weird and silly. And then the more you do it, the more you start to think, like, oh, actually, this is a way of life. And I do I can kind of see <laughs> my future panning out. Now, and I think I will end up doing tarot readings on Zoom for just like <laughs> little scraps of money here and there. And it makes me quite sad that I know that's where I'll end up now. But I'm having a lovely time. It's the saddest way to be able to tell the future is to yeah, be like the fortune yeah, teller that like, only knows your own future yeah, is to I'm be a fortune be teller. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the start of Edinburgh, last Edinburgh, um, a p- person who did my PR, like we just met before like before Edinburgh and she was just like, I do tarot reading, do you want me to do your cards? And I was like, just before Edinburgh, <laughs> absolutely not. Like that's the last thing I want. No, I want you to do my PR, lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And in returning story news, I bet you listeners thought you'd heard the last of the very specific Colombian wildlife problem caused by Pablo Escobar's escaped hippo population. But you haven't, because that's what this next story is about. Jos Norris, you have run an ill-fated drug cartel's overblown menagerie dreams before. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, I regret that. That was one of my worst business ideas I'd ever put together. Not my worst, <laughs> but it was it was not good. Um, so yeah, this is the story that uh, they are now considering a three-part solution to the uh, invasive hippo problem in Colombia. Uh, one of the plans is to anesthetize and sterilize hippos and then either release them back into the wild or sell them abroad. Um, the second option is just to sell them abroad full stop. And the third option is to cull them, is to kill all of them. Um, I didn't realize that there was a, an invasive species problem with hippos in Colombia. So the thing I was thinking about with this was uh, I was trying to work out like what comparable experience I've had in my life that I could bring to to empathize with this situation. And the only kind of analogous thing I could get in my head was, do you remember when um, th- there was a worry that there might be like dangerous spiders in the bananas that were coming over? They were there was going to be like um, spider eggs and uh, you had to be very careful with what bananas you were buying and you had to check before you ate them. And that's the only memory I have of their, of us having like an invasive species problem in the UK. And first I thought this sort of puts our problems into perspective that like all we had to deal with was spiders and they're having to deal with hippos. But actually, I think you sort of know where you stand with a hippo. And you know, you know where the hippo is. So I think there's there's much more kind of like paranoia 
in our invasive species problems because you're never going to go to the shop and buy a sandwich well, and then okay. open it and a hippo <laughs> leaps out and eats your yeah. head. Like yeah. you're, you're going to be able to see it and go, oh, I'll keep the distance. <laughs> so I actually think our problems are, are worse. Well, I mean, hippos are more deadly though. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I also always have a banana pre-gig. 20 minutes before I perform, I have a banana. So now my anxiety is going to be through the level, through the roof. Yeah, so I think it was that. a long time ago, the spider's eggs, but maybe they're still out there. I don't know. Yeah. There's also a bit in this article where they say that they have secured a couple of buyers because they're trying, I think there's something like 500 hippos at the moment that they're trying to, to get rid of. And it could number, oh no, there's about 215 at the moment, but there might be more than a thousand by 2050 if they don't do something. And so far they have... Uh, two buyers one of them is a guy in india who has agreed to take 60 of the hippos and then that's not mentioned again in the rest of the article that's just there as like yeah so he'll have that but i was thinking who's who's that what's that guy doing? because that sounds like too many hippos for for, for a zoo because first i thought maybe he runs a zoo or like a wildlife park or something but 60 hippos is a lot for one zoo or wildlife park so who's this guy so i think this is also the origin story for like a new bond villain and if somebody emerges in like <laughs> 10 years time and they've got like an army of genetically engineered hippos and then they hold the world to ransom, I'm going to feel <laughs> smug about it because I'm, I'm calling it now. I think that's yeah. what's going on. Or a new series of like Tiger King, but Hippo King. Just yeah. The man who just has like loads and loads of hippos. Yeah, I have to get I, all of them. Yeah, I was similar to you. I didn't realise that there was a hippo problem in Colombia as well. Like you said, it was Pablo Escobar just imported yeah. like four <laughs> hippos and then they just flourished after he died. And it's like... That I watched the whole series of Narcos on Netflix and there was not one mention of that. I was like, if I was writing that series, you know, Pedro Pascal trying to sort out the hippo At least carnage. one hippo episode. And a whole series, surely, would be incredible for that. But They're surprisingly deadly for how cute they look. I think they're, the, they're deadlier than lions and tigers in, in terms Aren't of... They're, they're the deadliest animal in the world, right? Or that can't be true. That's probably like mosquitoes uh, uh... or something. <laughs> look i don't know if they're the deadliest but i know that they're like definitely more deadly than the the animals that you think of as deadly because they just smile right. at you with their little gappy teeth and then they bite you in half yeah i wonder if they got the blame for a lot of like pablo escobar's drug cartel murders like maybe that ramps up the numbers if they were like still part of the crew yeah <laughs> it might have been a cover thing for him to be like oh no i'm not doing anything that yeah. would be my hippos yeah explained it on the hippos and their numbers went through the roof well, it's because they look like they're smiling. You can't, you know, they haven't got bad PR. You can't, like, con you can't convincingly dangle James Bond over a pit of hippos. It just doesn't have the same kind of... <laughs> yeah. I, I always silly. think that. I always think that with animals. Like, it's just about PR, isn't it? Like, sharks mm. after Jaws. It's just like, um, yeah, there was like a gangster hippo series come out. I think they would be the new Jaws. Yeah, I mean, speaking of PR, what they need is your PR agent to go and read the tarot <laughs> read of the hippos and tell them... <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it comes up hanged man then they're all getting culled I saw a, a hippo fighter squirrel once in the zoo there was a squirrel got into the hippo enclosure and this hippo just chased it round and round and it was hilarious I absolutely loved it I think they're silly animals the squirrel was probably scared out of his life because they're massive but I was having a great time and I think that's because of the, do you remember the hippo who sold you a mattress he was like in his pyjamas and he, he was a mascot for a, a, a TV campaign. He wasn't no. real. No, see, I was not allowed to watch television as a child. So if you ever ask me if I remember, like, I don't oh, know okay. what advertisements are, as should right. be clearly evidenced by the ad section of this show. Yeah. I don't know what they're meant to look like. Well, he was adorable, this guy. He had like a wee willy winky cap and some stripy pyjamas and he'd, he'd yawn and then he'd get on his mattress and he'd be like, wow, this mattress is great. You should buy it. And I just had him in my head watching this hippo run around. I think they're cute. 
I'd love to have an invasive species problem of hippos. In Australia, that was uh, that role was played by an extremely left-wing um, comedian called Rod Quantock, who happened oh. to get a contract to be Captain Snooze at the same time as like railing against <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> that mattress money, you can't turn it down. Yeah, you got to eat. <laughs> And now it's time for your reviews, your reviews section now, because as you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Kai, what have you brought in for us this week? So I am going to be reviewing the act of re-watching your favourite childhood films as an adult in 2023. Um, so I did this last Saturday. I just went, had a bit of a film marathon and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch all the films I haven't seen in forever. Um, but like through the eyes of me now. And it's very weird. I'm just going to put that out there. Like I watched Jurassic Park. Um, also, that could be another film with bad animal PR. Because I don't know how a dinosaur is bad. I don't know. But I feel like it still stands up. Because <laughs> like they're just sentient, normal. I don't know why they've... Steven Spielberg has got a lot to answer for actually about bad animal PR. Sharks. Velociraptor, like T-Rexes, I don't know. But uh, the uh, it's a good film. The special effects still stand up. Uh, but you notice it's a very male-dominated film. Um, and I really feel like they noticed this after they did the casting, because there's a bit in it where the male scientist is like, oh, by the way, all the dinosaurs in the park are female. And I don't think that's the gender <laughs> diversity anybody was asking for. Like, I feel like if two female velociraptors communicate with each other, like, does that pass the Bechdel test? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then I watched, what else did I watch? I watched The Lion King, which also stands up very Depends good if they're roaring about a man or not, Kai. <laughs> also, The Lion King has bad hyena PR. They're kind of the same. But I realised watching that, it's kind of weird, like, because the animators must have drawn Mufasa, like, that's fine, then drawn Simba, and then we were like, oh, how can we depict that Scar's the villain? Let's just make him unrealistically brown. I don't know why he's that brown. Like, I've never seen a lion with that much melanin in my life. Um, and also, he's meant to be <laughs> Mufasa's brother. Like, if that's the case, then Mother has got a lot to answer for. Um, but it's never the same. So I'm going to give that two out of five stars. Watching childhood films. Never go back. Never go back. Can't cross the same river twice. (laughs) Yeah. Because you've burned all your bridges. Jaws, what have you brought in for us? I wanted to review the experience of opening an unusual door. Um, because this week I was doing some work in the in the study area of a, a big library and I went to the toilet at one point and there was a door in the toilet that had keep locked shut written on the door and it had been left ajar. And I thought, oh, this is like an opportunity to go on an adventure and I don't normally get that like I'm I'm quite a kind of stay at home unimaginative person and I'm very very scared I don't know if listeners will feel the same but I'm very scared of the question uh what have you been up to lately or any of that kind of thing where I have to sift through my life and go oh shit what has happened and I usually land on something that happened like three years ago like I'll mention the last time I got excited about a new thing and I'll be like, oh, I'm really into needle felting at the moment. And then I'll remember, oh, no, that was three Christmases ago. I can't, I just, I lose track of time a lot. So when I when I saw this door, I was like, this is a really good opportunity to like find out what it's like to surrender to unusual stuff and just like go with the flow. And I thought maybe the most that will be behind it is like a, a, a cleaner's cupboard or something with some equipment. But I opened it and behind it was a second door. And I thought, oh my God, this is this is a metaphor for life life is a series of of doors uh and i went through the second one and then behind that one was like a really spooky bunker like a windowless brick bunker 
And then I started getting a bit scared because I had to like go beyond the toilet and let the other door close. And I, I wasn't sure if I'd ever get back, but I thought I have, I've started now and I'm becoming a person who does things. So I have to keep going. And then on the other <laughs> side of this bunker was, was another like big metal door. And that door said danger, deep void. And it felt again, like a kind of a, a, an analogy for something. And I was like, I have to become this guy. I have to find out what it's like to keep going. And then I went through that door and then it, it was very odd. There was like a kind of a blinding flash and then all my flesh sort of like fell off my bones and then my skeleton kind of crumbled <laughs> to dust. And then I was sort of snapped back several billion years and I came back as like a single celled organism and I had to live through billions of years of life again until I was eventually born into my human body. And then I had to sort of endure 34 more years of just being quite a kind of boring, unimaginative guy. And then finally, it was time to come on this podcast this morning. Um, so my review of the experience is that it's not worth doing. Don't don't go through doors that you don't know where they lead to. It's better to just kind of <laughs> stay at home and do the things you like. It's not worth the hassle. And I give it one star. Had a terrible time. One star. One yeah. star out of five for staring yeah. into the void. Yeah, don't do it. It won't look back. <laughs> And in dystopian news news now, Amazon, the company is expanding at about the rate its jungle namesake is shrinking, which is to say exponentially, uh, is promising to deliver cheap healthcare with an app's worth level of small print terms and conditions. Kai, you don't want your healthcare delivered by an underpaid gig economy worker in a clapped out Corolla who's being forced to piss into a <laughs> bottle while being watched by robots to keep his productivity up. Can you unpack this story for us? So, um... This is the stuff you said, the story about Amazon. Um, kind of careful what I say. I've got a comedy special on Amazon. So, part, so I'm going to absolutely slam them hey. now. But apart from that, they're comedy. High five. <laughs> but they're comedy taste. Um, so basically, like you said, yeah. So over the years, Amazon has slowly continued to add sort of offerings for its Amazon Prime members from like rapid delivery to access to sort of curated services. However, today... The company announced the latest addition to Amazon Prime, which is access to primary healthcare services through its one medical platform for $9 a month. Um, and this is basically where they provide like 24-7 virtual care for common concerns such as cold symptoms and skin issues. Um, and yeah, I think this is too much. As I say, I, I wouldn't trust Amazon uh, with my health, especially with their... I don't know if you guys look at your Amazon recommendation lists... Because they, I don't know what that <laughs> algorithm is, but because I went to, um, I remember I went to a fancy dress party a few years ago. And uh, as a brown man, it's quite difficult to know what to go as, as, a, in a, as a fancy dress costume because there's not a lot of famous Asian people. Um, so I went as the baddie in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, and my mate went as Indiana Jones. I got a toy whip for him off Amazon. And for about three months, I got nothing but kink and S&M stuff recommended to me um and yeah and also just i think the idea of just going on google for like medical concerns is like just the worst like i've been feeling like like tired recently and i just googled it and it, the first thing that came up was like you might get bleeding of the brain i was like i do not want amazon to just uh, you know kind of kind of just i don't know the same thing to happen where i just want like an antihistamine and they end up giving me like a year supply of morphine or something um so yeah i don't trust them well, every experience ordering anything off Amazon is like a terrifying gamble, desperately scrabbling through the reviews and trying to tell if they've been like bought and paid for or if they're genuine human people and, you yeah. know, taking your chances, throwing your money into the void and hoping that a package will arrive that doesn't smell like, you know, a, a chemical spill in a factory somewhere you'd rather not be. Um, yeah. 
but I like I, I don't know that you want to transfer that kind of brand vibe to yeah, to healthcare, to even health. if it is like severely limited healthcare options at least so far. Yeah, the only way I think is if they do it well, like other apps do, where they kind of just have an app, you know, but then they kind of design it to kind of hit your endorphin levels, you know, so like a Tinder app for your health, they're like COVID, no. Oh, bronchitis. I've just got a match with bronchitis. That's why some sort of uh, <laughs> entertainment value in that. I think that could work. But apart from that, I see no future in this. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is the obvious next step, right? Is that Amazon then gamifies your own healthcare to the point where you diagnose yourself and get like a free 10 cents off your next Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> for successfully being your own primary care provider. Like it does it just doesn't seem like it's ending up anywhere good. Uh Jos, would you buy your healthcare off Amazon? I don't think I would. I read this story like in the same week that I saw the new Uber advert, which is that Uber does trains now. And the advert is people like getting on their train and thinking it's an Uber just for them. It's quite a good advert. But it did make me think like we've <laughs> we're kind of getting away from the idea anymore of there being like things that do things and instead we're sort of replacing all the things with like a couple of Everything's that do everything, and I. It reminded me. Do you remember in? Um, again, I'm just like constantly remembering things um, that you may well have no frame of <laughs> reference for. But uh, for a while in W. H. Smith, if you bought anything, they'd go, "Oh, if you buy a newspaper, you can get a bar of chocolate for a pound." And you, but, but you hadn't gone in for either. You'd gone in for like a pencil case or something. And then they go, "What about a newspaper and a bar of chocolate?" And I was like, "I don't need. I don't want either of them." With with this purchase, and I sort of feel like we're getting to that point where it's now everything does more than it needs to and i think we need to redesign the way we think about like society because i think kids learn it through happy families you have that card game where you'd get like oh this is mr bun the baker he makes bread and this is mr flames the fireman he puts out fires and these days i think if you were to design a game that kind of represents society as it is you'd basically have maybe like three cards and one would be, this is Jeff Bezos. He does everything now. He gives you all your stuff and then he'll look after you when you die. And then maybe there's two others like, this is Mark Zuckerberg. He sort of sorts out what people think of you and what you look like from the outside and stuff. And then I don't know, then there's probably just Disney and they're just sort of pumping you with like corporate IP until you can't really think or move. And the only thing you can think to do with your life is to buy some more stuff from Amazon and then be looked after in your Amazon care bed. I found the whole story very depressing, as you could maybe tell. I mean, it is, it, is in, it is enormously depressing. And, I mean, this is the tech dream. This is the tech utopian dream that Silicon Valley has somehow circle-jerked itself into buying into, which is that a thing is not sufficiently uh, good if it just does the thing it's meant to do well. It yeah. has to 10x or 100x the original <laughs> offering. And, you know, you can't just have a business that does the thing that the business is meant to do. It needs to get VC funding of billions yeah. of dollars and put everyone else out of business till you become the everything app, which means that it, you give people the money to buy the things that you're selling the people and then you can sell them their own happiness in a jar and then they can sell the jar back to you for a 10 cent refund and buy a new bigger jar to put this the happiness in like it's just so heartbreakingly depressing and they the problem is it the most depressing thing about this sorry to rant no. the most depressing thing about it is that they think this is utopia mm. they genuinely think this is taking us towards the epitome of human achievement and that is the most upsetting thing about it of all to me that they can't see that this is like sliding into a hellscape. Yeah, it's the isn't it the plot of the last season of Succession? Isn't this the thing that like 
Kendall ends up coming up with. They they sell like a life plus thing or something, and it's the idea that like you get yeah. a healthcare package and like you get your entire <laughs> life is kind of mandated by this media company. So we keep now living through a thing where like the actual tech billionaires are just slightly six months behind the satire that's trying to make them look as thick as possible, and then they go, oh, actually, we should do that. Let's actually do that. Yeah, I always think that. Like, what comes first? Is it like the entertainment or the tech people? Like, yeah. With AI, I'm like, this is just an 80s sci-fi film. Like, you are just copying that. And I'm thinking, would they even have come up with that idea yeah, if that yeah, film if hadn't, hadn't even been made? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I love the idea of uh, Jeff Bezos copying Kendall, Kendall yeah. Roy, though. <laughs> I like That's that guy. That's the guy. <laughs> He's my favourite. Now it is time for your space funeral news. What do you do when you're a very rich person after you die? Do you go back to Earth and re enrich the soil with your decomposing corpse, grow the grass and become the trees that will shade your children's futures? No, you f***ing fire yourself at the moon <laughs> in a rocket. Um, Jos Norris, Kai Samra, what the f*** is going on with rich people right now? I thought this was quite a sweet piece in a way. Like, obviously, if you kind of remove the fact that all these people are clearly mad, um, it's kind of ju the, the, it's just a, a study of a bunch of different people who want this to happen to them after they die. Uh, and some of them, actually, their justifications are really nice. There's this guy here who said that um, for his wife became ill and for over a year he never left her bedside for more than 90 minutes. And what they would do is they would sort of sit together and look at the stars and they promised each other that when they died, they would mix their ashes together and shoot themselves into space. And I thought that's kind of lovely. And then a lot of the other ones are kind of about curiosity and trying to kind of like answer the mysteries that you can't answer. Um, but then there are a couple of weird ones when people talk about their reasons. One of them, it's a guy who spent his entire life amassing a fortune by, by drilling. Uh, he sort of built wells, oil wells, and made his money that way. And then eventually realized he'd been going the wrong way, he said, and that he wanted to to reverse the, the the effort that he'd been putting to go down into the Dick to up. Into, yeah he was like i want to go up because i've been i've been looking in the wrong direction which i found very funny and then the maddest one is there's this guy called ken who says that when he dies he wants some dna of his to be put on the moon on the south pole of the moon so that his descendants might look up there and go oh there's a little piece of ken up there and that's kind of sweet. But then as almost as an aside or as an afterthought at the end, he says, also, I'd like to stay up there until they've worked out uh, how to do cloning from people's DNA. And then I want to swarm across the universe as an army of Kens. And I think if this is going to be a service that they offer people, that you can shoot your DNA up into space. I think your your reasoning has to be part of the application process. And I think it ought to be possible for them to come back and go, oh, you're you're insane. You're completely insane. It ought to be like an arts right. council bid where they're like, we liked your application. Um, you might want to rework this thing where you talked about why you want to do it because you said you want to turn into an army of Kens and swarm across the universe. And we don't feel comfortable spending this money on you. But like, try again and then maybe come back with something nice about your wife and then maybe we'll we'll let you do it. <laughs> Look, I've got to confess, I'm a bit of a, uh, I think I'm a bit of a eugenicist when it comes to space DNA. I think if you want to launch your DNA into space, you've got to give yourself <laughs> the most epic case of blue balls and do it manually. <laughs> and if it reaches orbit, then you, then you get to populate the stars. <laughs> Unless you're literally strong enough to power your jizz into space through the force <laughs> of your own sexual frustration, not not permitted to colonize the universe. But if you can f the moon, go ahead, yeah. do it. 
Yeah, I don't understand this fascination with space. It just seems just like a dark, cold, miserable place. It's like I live in England. I don't need any more of that. But I, I don't understand this fascination because it's always the same demographic. It's just people who've got far too much money than mm. sense. And it's like they just can't stop like gentrifying places. Like if it's not Brixton, it's the moon. It's just like, don't go to where you're not wanted. I don't understand it, I don't understand it but um, I've no, I've no one, if you got an offer to go to the moon and it was free or like to go into space, would you guys go? Because I don't nah. think I would. Nah. Yeah, I definitely would. It looks rubbish. It would depend how embarrassed I was at whatever recent mistake I'd made. Yeah. Because I want to get as far away from whatever the mistake I've most recently made is. (laughs) So if you got me at the right time, I'd be like, yeah, shoot me to Venus, do it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, to be fair, if I got cremated and my family, without my wishes, just sent me to outer space, I would kind of get the hint. Like, I wouldn't take that as as something to be proud of. I'd be like, okay, guys, I get it. Yeah, your your, your Christmas presents are, you know, a stick of deodorant, um, a nice set of bath and cleansing products and a ticket to outer space. You're like, I get it, guys. I get it. I smell. It made me wonder whether I'd do anything weird uh, with my roommate. I don't think I'd go to space. But the other day I was walking through um, Battersea after a fireworks display. So there were a few like kind of like circus type things going around and then a van went past a kind of fun party van that had a bubble machine on the top so it was kind of streaming bubbles in its wake as it went and i thought that'd be a nice way to go to scatter like not your ashes but your but your bubbles and then to have them just kind of like strewn across the city center so i might do that i might find a way to <laughs> what like a depressing thought <laughs> i love the thought you went to a circus and saw that and went that is how i'd like to die well, i hadn't thought about it until i read this article because then i thought what what would I do? Because I wouldn't go to space. And then I remembered the bubble machine, and I thought I'd I'd go in a bubble machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, you can make soap out of animal fat, so I think we're only a few steps yeah, away from bubble doable. machine funerals. They've just invented like um, boil in the bag uh, funerals. It's the first time they've like <laughs> officially launched a new way of disposal in like a hundred years. But they can now put you in like a polythene bag and then and then boil you into a mush. I wouldn't want sous vide to the void. <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> a basmati burial. It's not for me. Put me in the bubble machine. That brings us to the end of the magazine. I'm flipping through the ad section at the back. Kai, have you got anything to plug? Um, I'm doing a show in New York in January. So in Union Hall, and I don't know anybody in New York, and no one's buying tickets. So if anybody has anybody in New York, um, yeah. You can go on my website, kaisamra.com. Excellent. Go to kaisamra.com and buy tickets. All my New York friends and enemies. Um, Jos Norris, what have you got to plug? Uh, I am organising a film screening night on December the 8th at King's Place in London. Uh, I'm premiering a short film that I made earlier this year and we're combining short films and script readings. So there's going to be some amazing actors doing some readings of comedy scripts by great writers. Uh, me, Miranda Holmes, Nat Lertzema, and I've curated a bunch of short films by the kind of comedy film community. There's some stuff by Jazzy Mew and Sam Campbell and people like that. Uh, it should be really, really fun. So there's tickets on my website on josnorris.co.uk if people want to come along. Love to see you there. That sounds magnificent. You can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, my podcasts and my blogs, as well as my uh, weekly salons. We do a weekly salon and we do two writers' meetings a week. Uh, You get access to all of that for, at the moment, a dollar a month. So please jump on board before I... um, 
get the logistical power together to make that financially viable for myself patreon.com slash alice fraser there is also a book available on unbound.com called the dancy lagarde reader if you want that for your friends for christmas and this is a bugle podcast and alice fraser production i'm your host alice fraser your editor is ped hunter your executive producer is chris skinner i'll talk to you again next week you can listen to other programs from the bugle including the bugle catharsis tiny revolutions top stories and the gargle wherever you find your podcasts small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.